This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other task that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovee and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Well, here we are at uh, close to 12.45 a.m. Atop Highmark Stadium Field, a very depressed one after the Bills lose. What's the final score here? 24-22. to I have to look even, I mean... Just because we're all just talking about what happened at the end of the game. Matt Bovee's here with me, Sal Capaccio. It's always game day in Buffalo. Let's start at the end and then kind of work our way back, I guess, because 12 men on the field to what could have ended the game and didn't is inexcusable. Inexcusable, and you cannot have that. And it makes me wonder if they will have a new special teams coordinator by this time tomorrow, and I don't know. Because I think I do not say this lightly. I want to make this incredibly clear suggesting somebody might lose their job or should lose their job is a really tough thing to do because these are humans and I don't want anybody to lose their job, especially something that they love. But the way that this game played out, somebody's getting fired. I don't know if it's going to be their special teams coordinator. I don't know if it's going to be their offensive coordinator. It's certainly not going to be Sean and it's not going to be Josh, but one of these other coaches I think is going to lose their job and they should because the Bills got outplayed, they got outcoached, and they got outclassed to a team that's not very good. No, the Denver Broncos are not a very good team, but right now the Buffalo Bills aren't either. Nope. And they made mistakes all night. It started on the first play of the game. Mm-hmm. First play of the game, James Cook fumbles. Doesn't see the field again for a while. Finally goes back out there, does a great job, fumbles again. I would say it was a bad exchange from Josh Allen. And then he fumbled again a little bit later. And he got the ball back, almost, you know, took it to the house, was kind of crazy. Josh Allen throws the ball to Gabe Davis, drop right off the hands, uh-huh. intercepted. Later on, right before the half, horrible decision, horrible by, throw by Josh Allen. Critical mistakes all year have killed this team. And that is a coaching issue, whether you want to say it's Sean McDermott issue or the coordinator issue or even position coaches. Uh-huh. Somewhere along the line, they are just not 
detail-oriented and buttoned up like we are used to this team being. As we finished the press conference with Sean McDermott, so I was out on the field because we had the game on Channel 7, so we had a post-game show, so I'm listening to it in my ear. Now, a lot of these press conferences is not just what they say, but how they say it in the body language, so I didn't see it in person, but I heard it. You saw it and listened to it in person. The way that Sean immediately defended his defense after this game is mind-boggling to me because that to me is somebody who is putting the blame on the offense and if you want to do that like it's totally warranted you gave up four you had four turnovers you didn't score points at all in the first half really I think they had eight in the first half or whatever it was but I couldn't believe that he did that like it felt like he was too quick to say yeah, but the defense, we're missing five starters. He said that twice. Yeah, but we're missing five starters, and the only reason we were in the game is because of the defense. It's just weird, because it has me wondering what happens next. He was specifically asked about Ken Dorsey and if he is confident in Ken Dorsey, and he said yes, but I know there's things that we need to do better. I do not expect him to go up to a press conference podium and say no, but that doesn't mean that's how he really feels, and I'm imagining those conversations are probably happening right now. And he's not wrong about the defense. No, but you're right. You know, the way he came out is kind of like, wow, like eyebrow raising, right? He's not wrong. The defense played their tails off again. I thought they did against Cincinnati. They did everything they could. Now they are put in in tough situations. And at the end of the game, they make critical mistakes. They should have never been in that situation. Mm -hmm. The Buffalo Bills offense continually, routinely put the defense in bad situations. And you know who else did? Special teams. Listen. Okay. Not only that. Why are you punting to the best punt returner in the league mm-hmm. all night? Marvin Mims killed them with special teams on returns. Matt, they didn't have to punt it to him. Nope. I don't know if Sam Martin's mishitting, if they're calling punts to him because they're just confident they're going to tackle him. But this was a complete special teams failure and complete offensive failure from a continually making mistakes point of view again. And I will go back to the defense, I think, played a good game. I think the defense played a good game. They, there's only so much they can hold on to. They played a good game, but at some point you want them to make a stop. Yes. Or a play. How about a play? Like get a, get a turnover. They got one turnover, yeah. something like that. But at one point, you take the – this was eerily similar to the Patriots game where the Bills offense looked inept for most of the day but then still took a lead late in a game. And you're sitting there, and I looked at Thad Brown, who was in the tunnel as we were waiting for this game to end, and I said, I have no confidence that this defense is going to make a play. I'm very confident that the Broncos are going to move down the field. I was like, if you're the Bills, would you start using your timeouts to try and get the ball back because you know you're going to fall behind? And that's what we saw. And like they even had a sack mixed in. But the all-out blitz on third and 10 is just so... I get it's a risk-reward play that worked the play before, but I think it's situationally so different to blitz on second and five when they're basically in field goal range as opposed to third and ten when even if you give up nine yards, you force them to make a decision on kicking a really far field goal or making one play to ultimately (laughs) win the game, and it just doesn't make sense to me. The Taron Johnson penalty is one of those ones that I think people will get fired up on. Even he said after the game to you, like, I don't think there's anything I can do. It's a penalty. Just because it's a bad penalty, it's stupid that that's the rule, but it is. Like, it's a penalty. An underthrown ball, if it's a perfectly thrown ball, it's a touchdown. It's an underthrown ball, 
it's like, okay, what are you going to do? And Judy made the right move. I mean, he goes up and he looks like he can't touch it or catch it because of Terrence standing there. So it, it, they were bad offensively. They were bad defensively. Not bad defensively. They were okay. I think they made stops on defense. The second half, punt, fumble, punt, punt. So they get the, the first four drives, they stopped them, mm-hmm. right? Look, look at the average field position. Denver, forty, their own 41. Denver's average starting drive was their own 41-yard line. That is incredible. I don't know if I've ever seen that in an NFL game. But look at these drives in the second half for Denver. Three plays, 13 yards. Three plays, two yards. Six plays, eight yards. Three plays, four yards. I don't know what else you can ask the defense to do when they're getting put. Look where they're starting the, the their possessions. The 25, their own 39, the Buffalo 47, the Buffalo 48, the Denver 46. But where is that at the end of the game when you need right. to make a play? And that's the thing that I'm struggling with because it's not like this was a methodical march down the field where the Broncos were converting on fourth downs or you had like one crazy play that you gave up that allowed them to go to field goal position. They almost immediately got to half midfield. And then after that, you know, the penalty was the the backbreaker for them. But one play changes it. One big play changes the entire game. If you're blaming people here, defense is pretty low on the totem pole, but they still could have done enough to get a win. You know, what really hurt them on that play was that drive was the first play. Minute 55 left, they have the ball. Samaji P. Ryan gets the ball from Russell Wilson, goes 18 yards out to the Buffalo 40, 43. Cam loses the one injured on the play, and that hurt the Bills because they had to use a timeout on that play, and it stopped the clock for the Denver Broncos, right? So that came back. But that really hurt them. They get the ball immediately out on that play. And there's really, I mean, I don't know, the defense is playing playing it right, and then all of a sudden Russ just kind of flicks it out there. There's just so much, so much stuff. But one of the things we have to talk about is the Buffalo Bills quarterback. 